baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans Studios. Rocket Mortgage, they know that these are hard times and they're with you every step of the way. They're prepared to help. If you need mortgage assistance, contact their team 24-7 at rocketmortgage.com. From their home to yours, the team at Rocket Mortgage is with you. 855-212-4227. 855 for CBS, 40 minutes away. The tremendous Tim May joins us, LettermanRow.com. He's covered the Ohio State Buckeyes since 1984. He was with the Columbus Dispatch for, get this, 42 years. I'm going to talk college football with him. The Buckeye Pledge set the media world asunder earlier this week. We'll talk with him about that, and i got to ask him about Dale Earnhardt Jr., because he's an auto racing expert, as I like to consider myself at times. And uh, I told Pierno, I'm, damn it, I'm going to get my NASCAR in. I'm going to get my Dale Earnhardt Jr. quip in because he is in the NASCAR Hall of Fame in Charlotte, North Carolina. Whether he'll be inducted at the end of this year or next year or whatever it's going to be because of all this, we'll find out. But still, there will be an induction. I'm still excited about it. Billy Jack, I know, is excited to hear about it. We bring in Billy Jack live because he's in for Hickey this week. Hello, Billy Jack. Ken, it's good to be with you. It's wonderful to hear your voice, and I mean that sincerely. It's good to be working with you. It's good to hear you. It's it, it's good to, to bask in your musk even from 450 miles away. Now, we do top five, which I'm about to issue an apology to those out there. But I need you to give me the top five to think about for 1.20 p.m. Eastern here. you got to give me my top five here. Let's go. Billy, what you got? So you just want me to pick any top five? Whatever your top five, what you want me to rank top five of, I know you've thought about it heavily. I want you to give me the top five, and by 1.20 p.m. Eastern, I will have a top five of it. Okay, so the first thing that comes into my head, as a, okay. as a diehard NBA guy, I want oh. your top five all-time NBA players. Oh, yes! Don't you get what you've done to me? Don't you understand what you've done for me and for this show, Billy? I want to hear it, man. You've now given us 40 straight minutes of content to end the show. Thank you very much. There we go. Anytime you give a top five NBA players, you're going to get somebody really angry, like like cuss you out angry. Oh, of course. If you do, it is one of the few, it is one of the few topics that if you do a ranking and you get, ah, it's lazy, what it, well, there's no sports, so I do the top five. And until there's no, until sports are back, I'm going to continue to do the top five. So you better get on baseball's ass, America, okay? But bas- you, you name, oh my God, Billy, I could, I could kiss you right now from 450 miles away. Oh uh, my God. And you know what, Ken? You want the hate too. You want people to hate you. I'm going to get, I'm going to get a nasty email. I'm going to get a nasty tweet. It's going to be sensational. I want to share something with you before we move on. I'm going to get to to yelling at Mike Trout here in just a second, buddy, okay? Uh, I need to issue an apology. And I might bring this up on social media as well, but I'm going to at least do it right now. Last week, and the, the segments were so good that even Pony 
had to start his show with it because, you know, Pony can't think of his own ideas and his own thoughts. He's just not as good as me. And I'm talking to you out there at 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh. Okay? You guys got an afternoon show host who just can't hang with my stuff. And that's a shame. That's a shame that you don't get to bask in greatness every single afternoon the way we get to here in Cleveland with our great station, with our great lineup of show hosts that are incredible. Okay? That's one thing. We don't have the Super Bowls over you, even though we technically won eight championships. It's a little bit weird to argue about that. Okay? We don't have big-time NHL hockey. We do have big-time NBA basketball, but I got into a weird argument about that yesterday because it was the four-year anniversary. There's certain things that we might not have with sports in comparison to Pittsburgh over there. But we blow you out of the water on the air, boy. Tell you that right now. And I hope I hope ponies listen. I'll tell you that right now. 855-2124-CBS. Uh, I have to make I, – I made a grave mistake on the air last week, and I wanted to apologize for it. Sometimes we say some things, and, and it gets away from us. I did my top five most hated office characters, and I gave strong, specific reasons for why I didn't like those characters. And number five on my list, and a lot of people were angry about it, was Stanley Hudson. Because I hate, and my, my, people, see, people get so upset, and they think, how can you hate The Office? I don't hate The Office. The Office is an incredible show. It's so incredible that I can argue and get red-faced for 20 minutes about its characters. Office, The Office is one of the greatest shows ever made. And I mean that. In, in American television, even though it started out in England, uh, it's, it's one of the greatest television shows ever created. For me to be able to argue about the characters and, and in sincerity argue about the characters and tell you why I don't like Jim Halpert and I don't like Pam Beasley and, and I don't like I don't like Ryan, I don't like these people and I don't like Stanley Hudson. The why I can tell you that Angela Kinsey. The reason I can tell you that is because it's so well written. I love the show. And, and I love everything about it. And I even like the last seasons, too, the Robert California seasons that everybody hates because I'm just a big James Spader fan. I, I, I like those seasons. D'Angelo Vickers can go pound sand. I don't care about him. But Robert California I thought was kind of fun. But I have to say I take back Stanley Hudson. I rarely do this. Stanley Hudson is not in the top five. I still don't care for him that much. Uh, he's not a good father. He tries to be a good father, but he's you know he sets a bad example. And he's certainly not a good husband. And I don't like how he's a top salesperson at Dunder Mifflin. He could leave for a better opportunity anytime he wants, but he constantly stays. And if he stays, that's okay. But if he didn't just demean Michael every single chance he got, I I can tell you're just overly miserable. And you say you don't get paid enough, well, go make more money. You're obviously a very talented salesperson. So that was one of the reasons why I couldn't stand Stanley. But watching again this week, and I've seen every episode of The Office at least ten times because of my wife. I man, Andy Bernard, he might be up there with Jim and K, uh, Jim and Pam right now. There is just something loathsome about that guy. How everybody wants to give him an opportunity, everybody wants to like him. He continuously wastes it, and you can see this love, this this dance of seduction developing between he and Aaron. And Aaron is just as cute as a button. And I just, I, I, I swear to God, I want my son to grow up and and. Get engaged to a girl just like Erin. She is just the best. Pure as the driven snow. Such a nice girl. Everything, I swear to you, I want Axel to turn 18 and bring home an Erin. And I can't tell you how happy I would be. Even though he'll probably bring some gutter trash just home just like I did when I was 18. 
because um, he is his father's son. Let's be serious. I got married to my wife when I was 25. My wife wasn't the gutter trash. Don't even start, Billy. I want him to bring home an errand. And for Andy to ruin it and be so selfish and so self-absorbed, it disgusts me to my core. I hate, I mean, I hate Andy. And America, I didn't see the forest for the trees, and I apologize to you. A sincere apologize, a, an, a, a sincere apology to you, because I just, I, I got wrapped up in an argument, and I couldn't see the other side. Kind of like what we do in politics, kind of like what we're doing in life right now, huh? I just, I, I just dug my heels in so, so deeply, I wouldn't come out and see the other side, and the more I watch, the more I go, man, Andy Bernard certainly sucks. He's not nearly as – he's not – Stanley Hudson isn't nearly as bad as him. But we'll do the top five. We'll do the top five NBA players, my top five NBA players of all time. See if we can raise, raise some pulses on that. 855-2124-CBS. You know, I spent part of this, and I, I tweeted about Aditi. I immediately got rid of it, whatever. People said, well, if we have a 2020 season. My whole argument on this was, and I still stand by it, if other non-essential business is able to play, or excuse me, if other non-essential business is able to work, certainly the NBA, professional baseball, the NFL is not essential business. But we do have to think about what's there. Because it's easy for me to look at this and say, how can we think of sports at a time like this? Well, they're still getting paid. They're supposed to still get paid. They're still supposed to make paychecks. These are 1099 employees here. So if a player doesn't play in week one of the NFL, he's not getting his money. And then those teams are going to start to make pay cuts. Those teams are going to start to cut jobs. Those teams are still going to lose front office personnel or, or office personnel and already start to make changes. We've already seen a couple of NFL teams. I think the Carolina Panthers started to lose some people in the finance department over these last couple of weeks. So it's affecting everybody. Certainly affecting everybody. And the way I see this is I, I look at it with a lot of common sense. Because I, I wanted to bring up I wanted to bring up like a, a Costco or a Kroger or a Meyer. Those are essential businesses. It's not the same. I wanted to bring up Walgreens. It's, it's an essential business. It's not the same. I, I'll do this. You have a neighborhood restaurant, bar, whatever it might be. Like, like in my town, there's a place called the Happy Moose, right? If a bartender at the Happy Moose comes down with the virus, they shut it down for a day, they clean it, they disinfect it, they sterilize it, the same way Judge Smales talked about it when they found it floating over there in the pool. And then they open it back up. They send the person home, they open it back up. When I see that, yeah, 23 people, and that's a lot of players, man, that's a lot of players. But when I see the Phillies, and what the Phillies did were, hey, we're going to scrub, we're going to sterilize, we're going to disinfect, we're going to do this across Major League Baseball, and then we're going to open it back up. They're telling you without having to tell you that this is common sense and they're going to take proper precautions. This isn't going away. This isn't going to go away for a, for a while. Like, I could still see myself taking proper precautions, probably in some cases for the rest of our lives, because I do think our world will change. Do I think we'll have to wear masks constantly and, and for the next 10 years? No, I don't. But I do think that there will be things that stick with me just like it does in any generation when big things happen. We always told stories of our grandparents making ham salad out of ham from Easter because of the Great Depression. You used every single piece of what you had. I could still see myself taking extra steps because of this. Even though this isn't what those systems were, I could still see myself living life differently after this because these are things that we've inherently learned. But it still takes common sense to operate. And it's going to take common sense to operate in life 
as we do in our own private lives as it is in sports. It's easy for me to watch this and say, how could we think of sports at a time like this? Well, I know that he makes a lot of money, or at least in our eyes, he makes a lot of money. But the middle linebacker for the Green Bay Packers still needs to make that money. And the people who work for the Green Bay Packers still need to make that money. It's still part of the economic valve of what works in that area, what works in that state, and what works in our country. And when we look across the country, we are seeing this right now. No matter what political party you stand on, because this has easily become politicized, and I don't want it to be, but it easily does, that there's a lot of states where, yeah, we're seeing a rise. We are definitely seeing a rise on this. Boy, we're setting new records in Florida, and they're saying, hey, you know what? Maybe you should wear a mask. We're going to mandate masks, and we're going to still open up. You see the financial numbers. You see the money that states are borrowing to pay their unemployment. You're seeing the steps that states are taking to make sure that people don't take advantage of unemployment, tightening their belts, taking money out of certain areas, certain departments of of where their government is. I think in a lot of ways they're telling you without having to tell you that, yeah, we're not going back, folks. And so if we continue to go back or we continue to think about this, yeah, sports are probably going to open up at some point. And college sports, which is a major economic driver of colleges, are going to open up at some point. And it's something that we're going to have to deal with. I don't want to lessen it. I don't want to say that I don't take it seriously. That would be foolish. I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to claim to be a doctor. And I'm certainly not going to claim that I know more about experts, uh, medical experts about this, whether they're national, local, or whatever, because I read it on some guy's Facebook page. I'm not going to do any of that. It comes down the same thing as anything. If I cross a bridge to get to work. I cross the bridge safely and securely, and I try to believe the people who built the bridge, and I know that if that bridge looks flimsy, I'm not getting on that bridge. I look at every single way the same way, and I look at this the same way, because yes, people are still going to get it. Does that mean I'm going to go make out with my neighbor? Hell no. Does that mean I'm going to wear a bandana over my face like I said to Aditi Kinkabwala in the last segment in an interview you can hear on CBS Sports Radio? Absolutely. Yes, someday this will be past us. Yes, someday there will be a vaccine. Yes, someday, hopefully in the future and hopefully sooner than later, I will be better from this. You will be better from this. We will have learned. We will have gotten better as a society, as a people. Me personally, I will have grown from this, and it will make me stronger and better. I hope the same way for everybody. But it's going to be the same in our private lives as it is in sports. We have a a way to make our money. We have a right to go to work. It's the same thing Aditi said. It's the same thing Sean Payton told to her a month ago. Those are the words of Sean Payton, not her, not me. If you have a right to work and you are able to go to work and you believe you should go to work with the proper precautions, then you should. That's coming from a guy who had it and a guy who's a head coach on an NFL football team. This is the Ken Carmen Show. I started off the show today. We got Tim May joining us in just less than 20 minutes. We'll talk to him. LettermanRow.com was at the Columbus Dispatch for 42 years. Has covered basically every major bowl game, all the big stuff that you would talk about in college football. Buckeye Pledge got a lot of people upset. We'll talk to him coming up in just less than 20 minutes. Also, top five NBA players. Billy Jack gave me the gave me the topic. We'll bring that to you at 1.20 p.m. Eastern. I started the show today, and I, I said I was so frustrated because I had to say the same exact thing that every other radio show host has said throughout the week. If you listen to any one of your stations, 
whether it be at the great WFNZ in Charlotte, whether it be at WFAN in New York, wherever you may be, you've probably heard a radio show host go on some sort of crazed rant, angry at both the owners and the players and how they both need to get their heads out of collective asses and get back out of there on the baseball field. And you probably totally agreed because that's where we're at. We are so divided on everything else. We're so divided on everything else, but we agree on this. That should be a message to Major League Baseball. America can't get along at all right now, and we agree on this. That should be telling some things to Rob Manfred and Tony Clark. And I, I was just so upset because it's like, man, I gotta, I feel the same way everybody does, and if I say anything different, I'm just my heart's not going to be into it. So I have to go out there and have to say the same damn thing everybody else does. And I thought about that yesterday afternoon, and I finally got around to it yesterday evening. Liz went upstairs, and I started watching Long Gone Summer, which you could think Liz went upstairs and I started watching other things, but no, I was watching Long Gone Summer. And it got me thinking, and I wanted to write this down, because I think that, Judging from there, and, and it's going to be a loose comparison, but it's the, still the truth. Watching Long Gone Summer got me thinking where I saw Mark McGuire. I saw a guy that is not very media savvy, uncomfortable with a bunch of me- media members around him, uncomfortable being put in the spotlight in comparison to Sammy Sosa. Sammy Sosa was loving all the attention that he was getting. It didn't take things very seriously. Loved to ham it up for the fans. They showed the video, and I remember watching it live because you got to see him with the big glasses on and he's playing catch out there. And it, there were so many great memories that are attached to it. In sincerity, I, I can't thank WGN enough for being a superstation because when I would get home from, my, from school before my newspaper route, I'd watch the Cubs do the papers, come back, watch more Cubs, and then watch the Cleveland Indians later on in the evening. And I got to see Harry Carey. Like, it's one of the things where you had to be there to understand just how big of a of a person and how big to the culture of the Chicago Cubs and to the city in general Harry Carey was. And I actually got to see it before he passed away. One of the true treats of everything. And I remember that season. It became so magical. I'm 11 going on, 12 years old, and here's Griffey and Sosa and Griffey. Gosh, he's just, he's so cool, and everybody wants to be him, and everybody, when you played home run derby, and I'm going to stand up and do it again because I have to, everybody did it. You had to. Left-handed, right-handed, it didn't matter. You were doing the shimmy. You were doing the the feet together and the the bat way up over the head, and you were doing the front, back, left, right, left, right, left, right, boom, and you did the whole thing, the whole thing. You loved Griffey. And then comes along Mark McGuire. Mark McGuire is uncomfortable and he doesn't like being around media. He doesn't like doing commercials. He doesn't like being pushed as a major superstar. He just wants to play baseball and do all those other things. And in 1998, when baseball was still, and, and this is part of the story to this, baseball was still on its ass, and there were still people wondering whether or not baseball was the prime sport anymore or whether baseball was still the national pastime. Mark McGuire And I know what happened afterwards, and it's left a bad taste in everybody's mouth. But Mark McGuire at that time, while he was a little bit frustrated, he sucked it up and he did what a sport needed him to do. He was in the Got Milk commercials. He did David Letterman. He did everything that a sport needed him to do. And at that time, with he and Sammy Sosa He became an icon in the country, a sports hero, if you will. He became that guy. 
And I'm looking at baseball right now where it is nothing but angry, pissed-off individuals who are talking about baseball where they can't believe that you have millionaires arguing with billionaires over hundreds of millions of dollars in in a 10-game, 10-day span, really. 10 games. Maybe five games. Maybe two more games, according to Bob Nightingale. That that $75 million and two more games might separate you from getting some enjoyment out of professional sports this year. You are appalled by it. and Frankly, we all are, and so am I. But if baseball is going to come back from this, I need a hero. Because it's not just going to happen now. It could happen in 2021. It could happen when all this is done. And we got long memories of this, and they're going to end up doing this again. And it is high time. I know that he might not want to be that guy. I know that he's private. He likes his privacy, and he doesn't want to be that guy. He doesn't want to be on the cover of every sports magazine out there. He doesn't want to be on the billboards. He doesn't want to do any of that stuff. But you know what? Neither did Mark McGuire, and Mark McGuire sucked it up and did it for his own sport. And I think it's even bigger now that Mike Trout gets out there and does it. When this deal gets signed, and I still say when this deal gets signed, hopefully I don't have to come back and walk that comment back next week. When this deal gets signed and you have 60 games to play, you were one of the guys who tweeted out when and where. You were one of the guys that said when and where you want to play, you're part of it. Even though you were used as one of the examples of, Ken, can't you understand where the players are coming from on this? Well, Mike, you did it. You did it. You said when and where, so you said you wanted to play. Well, now it's even bigger than this because we're not only facing a crisis of the sport, we're facing a crisis in the country. Health-wise, economics-wise, we need something. Something to get behind, something to enjoy. We need something that we can use. And you may hate this because you might think it's cynical, and so be it. We need a sports hero. And we need a sports hero in the national pastime. And frankly, your sport needs it. Aaron Judge, I can't trust him. I don't think he's I don't think he's healthy enough to always keep it going. I think Aaron Judge has the type of personality that you would want. He plays for the Yankees. It's a big-time team, obviously, one of the greatest teams in professional sports history. You would think that that would make a lot of sense, but he's hurt too much. Giancarlo Stanton is a fun player to watch, but he's almost in the same boat, hurt too much. I got a guy who has a Ruthian swing, who has the type of speed of Willie Mays, who has the type of outfield prowess of any one of the great outfielders. You could say maybe even Fred Lynn in a hulking, huge body, a person who looks like he was built by the Greek gods. And he can do everything, five tools, everything that you would want in a sports hero. He's a good person. He's a good player. He's a great person and a great player. And he doesn't want to be in commercials. He doesn't want to be on billboards. He doesn't want to be the person that leads his sport. Meanwhile, I got Bryce Harper. He's everything that everybody hates. Looks good, good good-looking girlfriend, terrible attitude, makes a lot of money. Everybody hates him. Natural villain. And Bryce Harper's been good for the sport. He gives me somebody to not like. I need a hero. America needs a hero. Professional baseball, Major League Baseball needs a hero. You might not be comfortable, neither was Mark McGuire. I know how it ended for Mark McGuire. I don't think it would end the same way for Mike Trout. I do not think we're going to be sitting here watching Mike Trout in 10 years in front of the Senate 
pointing at them, having them point back at them because they got to get reelected, so they're going to bring in this great big dog and pony show, but that's another political commentary. I don't believe that we're going to have that with Mike Trout. We are missing a golden opportunity. We are missing it as baseball fans. Major League Baseball is missing it as an entity. Their greatest player that they have in comparison to Ty Cobb and Babe Ruth, the greats who have ever played the game, the names that I mentioned him in the same breath with, doesn't want to be out there, too bleeping bad. They need you. Your coworkers need you. Your teammates need you. Your sport needs you. And that's not even just Major League Baseball, Mike. That's everybody. That's the kid who's living in Canton, Ohio. That's the kid that's out in Tucson, Arizona. That's everybody who's living and breathing and wanting to be a baseball player. You can make that happen again. You can be that type of person again. You have a 16-team postseason that could possibly be happening. You have an elongated postseason regardless. They're going to get more teams. That's more opportunities. That's more chances for you to get in front of TV cameras and be the type of hero that everybody needs you to be. Sometimes greatness knocks at your door. 99.99% of us strive and dream of greatness. Well, don't strive, but they dream of greatness. And then there are a certain very few, a point zero 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 one percent that knocks at your door. Mike Trot won't hear this. I wish he did. Because greatness is at your door. As soon as ink gets to paper, you need to become the legend that you can be. This is the Ken Carmen Show. CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line, 855-212-4227, sponsored by Geico. Geico's introduced the Geico Giveback, a 15% credit on car and motorcycle policies for current and new customers that last your full policy term. Visit geico.com slash giveback for info and eligibility. Coming up at 1 p.m. Eastern, yeah, Mike Gundy's a conservative. That's fine. He's, he's, he better not be a liar. Right now joining us on the hotline, we welcome in Tim May. College football, a lot of folks getting worried about college football right now. Let's make some sense of it. Tim May, lettermanrow.com, has covered the Buckeyes uh, since 1984, has covered all basically major sporting events, certainly college football, big bowl games. And they were one of the teams that a lot of people are going, whoa, 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 with the Buckeye Pledge. But right now, according to what Tim just tweeted out, uh, they have no cases right now of COVID-19. Follow him on Twitter, at Tim underscore May Sports. Also has this podcast. Tim, thanks for joining us this morning. Or this afternoon, I should say, bud. You're welcome. But I was holding for Ken the car man. I thought this was a motorsports show. Go ahead. Uh well, I'm going to get to it coming up here towards the end of the interview. I promise I no, will. No, I'm just, messing with you. I'm, oh, well, you, I'm messing you, with you. You know I'm going to ask you about him. i got to ask you about him because I love him, but I know a lot of other people don't. Okay, uh, you just tweeted out not too terribly long ago whatsoever that according to Ohio State, they've been testing right now. They got, and I want to read you verbatim here, from the insiders, no occurrence of COVID-19 among its players. Now two weeks into the reopening of the Woody Hayes Athletic Center for workouts by limited groups of no more than nine at a time plus one instructor with a strict adherence to mask and distancing. Now i got to yep. ask you this, Tim. That's of right now. Do you think that over time it's just a matter of time where, yeah, you know, it's been going in waves through Texas and now Clemson and, boy, they're having a real hell of a time out there at UCLA. Is it just a matter of time before it, we have an occurrence at, at Ohio State? I think it's folly to think that you're going to have any sports team not have some some semblance of an occurrence without a doubt. Because, for example, with Ohio State, I mean, you know, like the guys I was talking to, you know, it's always knock on wood because uh, the players are working out pretty much Monday through Friday 
they have the weekends off, and that's why you know you're talking about you know earlier you talking about the the pledge that they all signed uh, before they started workouts. And by the way, Ken, you and I talked about this on a an earlier show a long time ago, but uh, that pledge was all about uh, making sure that the players understood you know what the school's responsibility was, what theirs was, and they were all in it together. Has is never meant as a legal binding document by any stretch because you can pick up COVID-19 from your, you know, from your cousin, you know what I mean? So it's like the the point they wanted to make though, was that the more you're in this together, adhering to certain regulations or, you know, certain guidelines, the better chance you have of not contracting this and then bringing it in uh, to your buddies and stuff. And, uh, and yeah, but I mean, you know, with the weekends off, you know, the first couple of weekends, you got to figure guys will be very regimented in what they do and don't do. But, you know, it's uh, it's that continued time where you're trying to be disciplined about this, where one or two slip-ups could, uh, you know, bring uh, bring folly to the group or, you know, parts of the group. But Ohio State, for example, nine plus an instructor from the Mickey Marotti Football Performance Coordinator Office, uh, that's what Ohio State is doing. They're being extremely adamant, I understand about it, about the distancing. You know, they're basically keeping players, you know, eight, ten, ten feet apart, you know, uh, uh, yards apart. And uh, they're very on the um, about uh, the masks, wearing the mask when, when when they're needed. And then on top of that, cleaning the facility uh, literally every day, uh, in, you know, from a sanitation standpoint. So, uh, you know, so far so good. But like you said, I mean, it's uh, – this thing has a way of rearing its ugly head just when you think you got it figured out. Football's such an interesting sport, Tim, because half the sport is basically, hey, I block out pain, I block out noise and distraction, and we go and we win. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. And that's, this is what these guys have been taught their entire life. And there's coaches out there, and people are saying this about Chip Kelly, who he considers this a distraction, and players are like, whoa, wait a minute. That has to have been something that Ryan Day and, and a lot of other coaches have been saying across the country, not just Ryan, but – where guys have to look at this and go, hey, you know what? There's 16-year-olds and 15-year-olds out there that might be players for us someday, and this won't always be here, but mom and dad are watching, and they don't want to hear any of these horror stories coming out about these programs going on right now, like what's going on with UCLA. Oh, yeah. You're you're planting seeds today for what's coming five years from now. And uh, Ryan Day, I, I, you know, Urban Meyer, you know, started that Real Life Wednesdays program, I say, which basically was all about anything other than football. It was about showing guys what they had to be ready for on the outside world, and it's been extremely uh, successful in terms of the people they brought in, but also in terms of recruiting because it shows the parents in Ohio, you know, and it is, you know, it is about attracting. It is about being attractive, but also at the same time you're doing a hell of a service. And uh, Ryan Day, though, what has impressed me about him is how he listens He's he listens to his players and since he's become a head coach. Uh, he, you know, he obviously, you know, you remember this. He was the quarterback coach at San Francisco when Colin Kaepernick first took the knee, yeah. and uh, he was in the midst of all of that. And you know, I think he learned a lot of lessons uh, by that. I mean, you know, to, to the, there are other things going on, you know, and that uh, players are thinking thoughts other than just about you know the. Uh, the inside uh, zone uh, zone read option. So, I mean, that's that's what stood out to me about him, and he is 
definitely just permeated his staff. I mean, uh, the, uh, and as Urban Meyer said, you know, uh, one of the things that Gene Smith told him long ago, the two, bi- two biggest words as a leader that you can have in your mind are respect the people you're dealing with and listen. Uh, sometimes that takes you a long way, uh, a lot further than some people are always just giving commands. Tim May joining us on the show. You're right about that. Follow him on Twitter at Tim underscore May. It's a weird question to ask because I think there's a lot of different tentacles to it. But one out of 100, what's the chance of a – right now, how do you feel? What's the chance of a season? <laughs> That's funny because I was just talking to a couple of my people who are very much involved with the Ohio State football program. Uh, just I was through, the, through that exact same uh, – you said one out of 100 or one out of 10. One out of well, obviously it'd have to be one yeah. out of a hundred, right? One out of a hundred well, yeah. chance. So, okay, so I'll, I'll just round it up to one out. I was saying one out of ten, and you know, their their feeling right now is like a seven, maybe an eight, you know, which is far from like a sure thing. But but mm-hmm. generally, if people do take care of business, I keep reminding people, Ken, you know, uh, and this this sounds kind of holy gully, maybe, but the football season is still what three months away, and. Uh, in two and a half months away. And there's a lot that can happen in between there, pro and con, on whether or not this thing is going to happen. You still, you see the reports out of Clemson this week that 23, foot, what, 23 football players may have tested positive for COVID-19. Or, yeah. or, you know, you see what's going on at UCLA right now with 30 players signing that uh, document of not trusting, <laughs> not trusting uh, Chip Kelly or their medical personnel uh, I mean, that's a very interesting development. You know, Martin Germans, the new athletic director out there, he used to be at Ohio State before he went to Boston College as, as the athletic director uh, for the first time. And now he's at UCLA. So there's his first big challenge as an AD. But, I mean, there, you know, Texas, I guess, has had, you know, Alabama's had some positive tests. So there's a lot that has to go. As uh, Earl Bruce used to say, there's a lot of water that needs to go under the dam <laughs> before <laughs> before you figure out exactly what we're going to see in the fall. Yeah, uh, uh, Tim May with us on the show. Well, could we see a scenario where, like it seems, the SEC the SEC is going to play football, and and the ACC mm. is probably going to play football, and and those are that might be going against numbers. Now, right now in the Big Ten. It looks good. Michigan has a couple of instances, but not terrible. I think Michigan State had one yesterday. I think Justin Rose from the TV station in Detroit might have said. Uh, so, mm-hmm. so right now it looks okay. But could we see parts of the country where they're like, "E, you know what? We're going to wait until 2021, and you well, guys have a good season." You literally touched on it without even knowing it just then, and probably you did know it. You're just teeing me up for a uh, no for a uh, drive down the middle of the fairway. But the bottom line is, it's not. It's not just what you're doing, but it's what it's what the opponents you're going to play are doing that is as important to this thing as anything else. Because you know we know football uh, football is a collision sport, <laughs> so when you play, 22 guys run into each other on every play, yeah. and and uh, you know uh, when you travel, you've got to have hotel facilities that you trust, you know, if in fact you stay overnight, you know, there've been some people that put forth to me that, you know, for example, if you just went to an interconference schedule, you could have a situation for a lot of, a lot of teams, a lot of games where maybe you would fly in the day of the game and fly out, you know, I mean, that, that sounds really far fetched, but uh, if it's, you know, within a, an hour plane flight, it, you know, it makes all sense. So there are all kinds of ways you can go about it, but it's trusting not just yourself and what you're getting done, 
but what is the team, you know, what is, what is Nebraska doing? What is Iowa, for, you know, Ohio State's case, what is Iowa doing? What is Minnesota doing? What is Michigan doing or Michigan State to keep this from uh, proliferating? And uh, that's, that's the big challenge. Tim May with us on the show. I got two more questions I have to ask and not a lot of time. Alabama, Ohio State, 2027 and 2028. Who are the coaches for the two teams at that time? You know what? By then, I may not even be. I may not even be able to remember what football is, but because oh, uh, I'll be, I'll be up there. But I think there's a good chance Ryan Day is in this, uh, in this for the long haul. And you know, everything you've ever heard about Alabama is. I mean, you know, Nick Saban's well into his 60s, right? Late 60s. He's like 68, or, I think, right now. So yeah, that would he's put older him, than me. Yeah, yeah. put him in the mid 70s, right there. I don't know. Here's the way. I, yeah, here's the way I keep up with it. Uh, I know he's older than me, so I'm 66. But, you know, you just keep hearing Dabo Sweeney, Dabo Sweeney, and, you know, he's an Alabama guy. I walk on that, you know, that uh, pulled himself up by his own bootstraps. Uh, I can't – I can see Alabama coming after him very hard. Let's put it that way, uh, unless other factors come into play. But I can see Ryan Day, Dabo Sweeney uh, going at it. I mean, that's, right now, if I was a uh, – what you call a wagering person, uh, that's what I would do. Is Dale Earnhardt Jr. a legitimate first ballot Hall of Famer for the NASCAR Hall of Fame? What's the last word of that uh, facility uh, that you just said? What's the last word? Fame. Fame, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Did he win enough races? What, 20-something, right? Uh, Did he win a championship? I don't think so. Uh, Did he win the Daytona 500? Yes. Yes. Uh, Did he bring – the masses to the racetrack uh, to cheer him and also to pay attention to the, uh, to the, to the uh, sport. Absolutely. So there are all kinds of reasons why you can get in the hall of fame. I mean, Red Farmer got added to the hall of fame, you know, and uh, how many championships did he win? And uh, how many NASCAR big time races did he win? But the, the bottom line is what did you do for the sport? And, uh, and really how famous were you? <laughs> See, you know, I got, don't name I got one, people. Don't name yeah. us one, one oh Super Bowl. Tim, yeah. I could kiss you. I could kiss you, I swear to God. I, I didn't want to get into it with people on social media because, I'm listen, I, I'm a Dale Sr. fanboy, and I've I've admitted that many times yeah. on this show and many others. So, yes, Dale Jr., yeah. I'm going to have a – there's a predisposition for me liking him. But I'm going, wait a minute, Joe Namath's a Hall of Famer. He won a Super Bowl. His stats compared to the others are not that great. For the love of right. God, but Joe Namath, Joe Namath is one of the most famous quarterbacks who ever played the position. No, Joe Namath, no, Joe Namath you, you know, I'm, I'm a big Alabama fan from my past. I was born and yes. raised there before he moved to Texas. Yes. And now I've lived in Ohio for 42 years. But real quick, Joe Namath elevated the sport. Yes. He elevated the sport. And so did Dale Earnhardt Jr. And he was so different from his dad in so many ways, but he elevated the sport. That's, that's as much as part of it as anything else. Thank you. Tim, damn it, thank you so much. You make me feel so much better about my fandom. Oh, wow, thank you so your much. fandom. I know. <laughs> it's it's the one thing. Because I'm not a fan of any of the drivers anymore. They're too young. I'm way older than any of them. It's weird now. I know. I it's, can't it do it. It's so hard now to build up it because, you know, everything looks like it's given to you now instead of you yeah, earning it. You know, that's true. The, Bill Earnhardt Sr. went out and earned everything he ever got. Oh, I mean, oh uh, God. you know. No, no wanna, just the word, just just the name Earn in his name. But anyway, I want to do the rest I, I of the show with you now. I want to do the rest of the show with you now, Tim. Thank well, you for the time, you got my buddy. Number. <laughs> right. See you, Ken. You know that man. Anytime, brother. <laughs> Talk to you later, Tim. Tim May.
LettermanRoad.com, one of the best, one of the absolute best. He actually knows – I know it sounds like he knows stock cars better than anything. He knows open wheel better than a lot. He knows very well about Indy cars. So by the time the Indy 500 comes around, I wonder if we're going to be talking to Tim May again. Probably looks like we will be. 855-2124-CBS. I got something I got to get off my chest about that when we come back. And Mike Gundy's a conservative. Hey, that's fine. I just hope he's not a liar. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 